So thank you everyone for joining us for today's episode of The Intersection, a podcast where Pastor Tim Armstrong, Pastor Jeff Bold, Bishop Joey Johnson, and myself will take a real look at how race and relationships intersect. We'll be going through different questions such as how are our unique and diverse lives intersecting with thousands of people on a regular basis? How does the gospel intersect with each facet and issues we face? How can we set our eyes on the life of Christ as we, as a source of compassion for each of our relationships? Keep listening as we cross paths today in, on today's episode of The Intersection. And so, hey, my name is Kent Boyd. I'm a pastor over at Garden City Church, also man hit football coach of Kimmore Garford High School and also the executive director of Love Akron. My brothers, gentlemen, how are you all doing today? Good, good. Good to see you. Great. Great. I have to list all those titles because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here on this podcast with some titans within our community. So I have to have to measure up the best that I can. So that's why I throw all those titles, throw all those titles out there because if, if you see, before we came on, us, man, the bar is low. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we want to assure everybody that before we came on, we prayed. So we just didn't start. So we want to assure everybody that we did pray first. We're going to have a good time today, but this is a topic that we want to lean into and talk about. And we're just going to lean into discussion. Like there's not going to be a lot of different questions. I'm going to throw this out here and see where this takes us today, okay? But our topic is how culture overrides Christian values. Mm. How culture overrides Christian values. So I, I say that statement from the get-go. What's the first thing that pops up? And I'm going to go to you right now, Pastor Tim. Where are you at right now? Oh, man. <laughs> go to Bogue. He's always got something better to say. <laughs> no, I think... Uh... Uh, you, we see it more and more. I, 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 people think things are going to get better, but things are not going to get better. Uh, culture is swallowing up uh, Christianity, and, and I think it's it's right. It's overriding it. And for us uh, to maintain our integrity to the Word of God, testimony of Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to come in conflict with culture. And we just can't be afraid of that. I think it, 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 I think we just got to get our heads wrapped around that. We got to get our mindset to that and understand uh, that's what before us. So that's that's the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm going to jump on there because um, what Pastor Tim is saying is very powerful and very important. I'm going to take a step back and talk about culture because I've done some teaching on culture and um, done some at the college and the seminary level. And what happens is we assume when we use the word culture, we're all talking about the same thing. And one time when I was doing some teaching for uh, a college course, and I looked up the word culture, and it's one of the most difficult words that you can ever use. There's probably about 190 definitions <laughs> of the word culture. But we use it like we're, we're all talking about the same. So let me give a definition and I want to talk about it just a little bit, and then we'll go further. Culture is the characteristics and knowledge of a particular group of people encompassing language, religion, cuisine, social habits, music, and arts. Thus, can, it can be seen as the growth of a group identity fostered by social patterns that are unique to the group. Now, I usually use this little um, 
uh, story to try to help people understand what culture is because culture is not only part important for America, it's important for their biblical culture and it's important for kingdom culture. And I think if we start to talk about that, we'll, we'll have a better perspective. But I tell people, you know, if you go and particularly in Bible study and you go and uh, in the Bible, we don't do cultural study. We do uh, grammatical historical study. We skip the culture, although the culture is most important. So you will go look up a word and you would say, if you are in America and you look up the word and you say, Bishop Joey went to the crib. <laughs> if you go look up the word and you look it up in a standard dictionary, it'll say a baby bed, um, a bed for a small child. And you would take that word and go back and say, did you know that when Bishop Joey was on the earth, they went to each other's baby beds? because you don't have the culture, you don't know that the slang term crib is a house, a pad, a haunt. It's where you hang out at in the black community. So without that culture, you lose the complete meaning of what it is that people are often talking about. And in America, we have a specific culture that is overrunning, overriding kingdom culture and biblical culture. Hey, that just reminded me of something, Bishop. I got a beef with you because you invited me to my to your crib with my rib to have some <laughs> cue, and we've not done that. And you we have to get have that, that squared up, Holmes. That. We're going to get that squared up, Holmes. <laughs> you're going to have to parse that for our people so they know what we're talking about when we, we say That's our right. rib. All of those cue. words, if you don't know them, you're in trouble. Like one of my sisters used to come to me and, and she was a part of our family. She said, are we going to cue for the fourth? Uh, and people are looking at cue. What are you going to do? Um, and barbecue. That's right. Jeff looks like he doesn't know what we're talking about. I was going to invite you said, guys over for dinner this summer, but I'm not sure I, I want any of you in my <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And you well, got to explain the rib. You know, my rib, that's my wife, right? So, oh, yeah. see, I didn't even know that. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were talking about barbecue. We got Jeff all messed up here. <laughs> See, that's what happens in the Bible, Jeff. When you don't understand what the culture is and you're trying to read it through your own eyes, it becomes very confusing. And sometimes mm -hmm. the same way with American culture. And so I, Jeff, I, I called my wife my rib. Yeah. Well, I, wouldn't, I don't know if you want to do that. I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah, I know, I know your wife, Jeff. She'd take you out. <laughs> Absolutely. Brother Kemp, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say is, is this is what's happening right now, right? Like we're sitting on here and it's the four of us and there's a misinterpretation, if you will, of language, right? And so as a result of that happening, there erupts um, perspective, there, there erupts some, some type of discontent. So, so, you know, yeah, we can talk about, you know, I love the definition of culture. And so how do we get to the place where, I mean, Pastor Jeff, you, you kind of brought us all together, right, months ago. Mm -hmm. And I think you brought us together for this very reason. So I'm, I'm kind of looking to you here to say, what was kind of the reason of you saying, hey, listen, we need to start doing some of this together so that we can kind of learn from one another and about one another. So I, I want you to lean into that a little bit. So I... I think the, when I was looking at this question uh, earlier, 
I think what motivated, you know, the desire for us to connect like this is actually the value side of it. So in the question, it said, you know, is, is the culture overtaking Christian value? And uh, what came to my mind when I first read that, I, I thought, I don't know what Christian value means uh, because there's Christian value, the subculture of Christianity in which we value certain things. There is it like in our, like uh, we were just talking about, you know, there's the cultural and then there's Christian cultural values, right? And, and those things can become in conflict too. And where my heart like even for wanting us to talk and do these kind of things was as brothers in Christ, what we value is the gospel. We value the word of God and we value Christ. And that cuts through culture. And it also cuts through Christian subculture. You know, I have a friend um, that's studying for ministry here. I think we're going to plant a church with him. And he happens to be an African-American brother. And, and he asked me, is, is Grace Church ready to have African-American church culture as a part of her DNA? And I said, uh, I don't think so, but we want to be. Like we, we want to value that. But I looked at him and I said, I don't really know what you mean. But I want to know, I know you love Christ. I love Christ. I know you want to proclaim the gospel. I want to proclaim the gospel. We're so rooted in that value that all the cultural stuff we'll just have to explain to each other as we live together and walk together. And these, you know, the racial divide that we're seeing out in our society today, I just believe so deeply that as the church, because of who we are in Christ, our love for each other, that that allows us to be curious, to be open, to be teachable about the cultural differences, right? As opposed to defensive, that your culture might overcome my culture, or my culture is historically better than your culture. In Christ, none of that is, is to be the point um, but it, but tragically, it is that way, even in the church, right? There's, we would say there's a black church, there's a white church, there's a Latino church. And, and even in that, we would, that's where I think secular culture infiltrate, infiltrates, where it's like, this way is better, that way is better, black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever. And now we're competing even as the body of Christ. And that's where I'd be like, wait a minute that's not a Christian value. That's just us being different. The Christian value is I love my brother. I love my sister in Christ. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is only brother, sister, family. Why are we talking about this instead of, instead of talking about Christ himself? And I, and I think as Christ followers, you know, even in our friendship, that's how the that's how we are. We tease each other about our different cultures. You know, we we will even tease each other about our different skin colors sometimes. You guys are just teasing me for being sunburned. <laughs> like, you know, we'll we'll laugh about those things because the relationship in Jesus and the commitment to God's word is our common bond. Everything else is a curiosity, or um, like Kemp. Uh, 
uh, actually, I think it was you, Bishop, one time was talking about driving while black. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. See, I want to be teachable. I want to be open because this is something my brother deals with. I want to bear that burden somehow, but I don't want to receive that defensively or like you're trying to attack something that I've attached myself to. If you're attacking Jesus, I'd probably have to stand up to you. But if you're attacking my cultural norms or challenging them, as a Christ follower, I should open my mind and try to understand those things. So I know how to love my brother better. Yeah. And, and Jeff, I'm saying, you're saying that um, it shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. And I think it yeah. is that way because we're, our allegiance is not to Jesus. Come on That's now. Right. Culture is so powerful that it overrides that. Now, let me give you a quick biblical example, one that perhaps, I think we've mentioned it before, but I'm not sure people have really considered it. The, the 12 disciples were made up of various cultures. We look at Israel in Bible times as if it was one culture. It wasn't. There were many cultures represented. But you have a fisherman, you have a zealot, you have a tax collector, you have all these people around Jesus. How in the world did they create discipleship out of all oh, of no. those things? Because Jesus was the common denominator. <clears throat> but I don't That's think right. he is the common denominator among us today. I think we are, uh, we have an allegiance to various cultures. And I think that's the that's racial divides within the church. That's generational divides within the church. Uh, you know, <clears throat> where there's there's one right way and everything else is wrong. Political and, divide. Exactly, and and I think you're dead on, Bishop. That that we're if we're not clinging to Christ, then we will cling. Our hearts are designed that we'll cling to something else. And we'll worship culture instead of the God who, oh, you know, oversees all of it. And we'll get into these petty divides. And it's, it's heartbreaking, <clears throat> so much so that I won't even listen to you or know you or interact with you because I'm so comfortable or caught up in what I, what I know and I'm used to. Yeah, that's, that's good. I'm glad, Bishop, that you went there because I think that's what we struggle with, right? Like we, 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 I don't, I don't want to spiritually bypass Jesus, right? And I just want to post Jesus on everything without us really leaning into that curiosity. And if you're curious about it, then let's talk through it. Let's talk about it. But I find that it's challenging for white brothers and sisters to talk about it because either it's a thing, well, man, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, right? And, and so I don't want to appear racist or I don't want to appear this way and so therefore I would draw back into what I think but then at the same time there there's a challenge of I think as us as believers right how, how do we how we keep bringing this back to the focus of the gospel to where like like you said Jeff how do we have this curiosity and I just want to say this because I am keeping score that Jeff has already mentioned one time that they're planting another church I don't know if y'all caught that <laughs> but he said hey we're planting another church and so I'm keeping score with how many times he says that, but but on the serious note, the high, Grace Church, yeah, the Grace, yeah, I like the that. House but, of the Lord, the I church. like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, Pastor Tim, how do we lean into this curiosity 
in a really great way to where it keeps our focus on Jesus. It keeps Jesus as the main thing and also the gospel. How do we do that as people, subculturally, culturally coming from different places to where, yeah, we're not allowing our culture to override the Christian values or the gospel or Jesus? I, I want to hearken back to something that Bishop just said that I've actually heard him say a couple years ago. And Bishop, you do such a masterful job at helping us understand culture as well as understanding past culture. And I think um, I think part of the part of the answer to that, Kemp, is understanding that we have so much freedom right now in this country that our individual cultures really have become ultra important. Um, but I think when the larger culture, the culture in general, just whatever you call it, the American culture, or whatever you call it, when it starts to attack us mm. as Christians, those smaller cultures will become less important. And I remember, Bishop, you talked about that once a couple of years ago, how when all of these different cultures came together and, and individuals from those cultures started following Jesus. And you just ask, how, you know, how do we do discipleship? Well, you, you, know, you mentioned it, that all those smaller cultures start following, falling away because the larger culture starts pressing down. And so to answer your question, Kemp, I, I think one of the roadmaps forward, and I don't think it's the road, I think it's just one of the roads, is that we have to constantly be coming together and reminding ourselves, like Jeff just said, that we're about the gospel and we're about Christ and that really our larger culture is pressing against that and pushing it out. And then that, that gives us like a unifying base to fight from. And with that unifying base, then I can start figuring out how those smaller cultures sometimes interrupt that. And all I'm saying all this just to say this, I think we just had to be really gut honest with one another and be like, I know I'm going to offend you, but that's not going to break my brotherhood with you. That's not going to change the fight we're in together. And when I do offend you, will you please tell me so that I can pivot and learn? And, and I give you the same grace. If you say something to me that speaks in and against my smaller culture, I'll be a brother to you and say, hey, man, that that really went sideways for me. And here's why. And I think that's the only way forward, but we've got to be gutsy enough to be able to step into relationship with one another and say, I know I'm going to offend you, but it's not my intention. It's not my heart. My heart is really to walk with you and fight this battle together for the cause of Christ. Well, Tim, I, I'm going to, I think that's so good, but I'm going to, I'm going to muddy the waters. So you're Please. talking about a relational culture. The power of culture in America is so strong that I think we give we don't give deference to it enough. So you watch TV, you go, you used to go to the movies, um, you go to the restaurant, you're interacting with people, you go, we work on a job, you got all of that is cultural input. Then you read the Bible. How, how often do you think regular people read the Bible? You come to church for a little bit on Sunday morning. Uh, we preach at you, and then you're supposed to have a kingdom culture. I'm not sure how you could have a kingdom culture with that little input, yeah. and I think that's one of the problems. There's not enough input. So what you're talking about, 
uh, Pastor Tim, is a relational culture of authenticity, of love, of the ability to be able to work with one another. That is a kingdom value, not an American value. Yeah, good point. Good point. And I, I'd jump on that, Joey, and I, I would look and I'd say, not only are you dead on, but what we're, what we're doing right now is we're bringing our secular culture, spiritualizing it, and then saying Jesus endorses it. <laughs> and and uh, every on all kinds of places, that's really the, the mindset that's happening in our world today. Jeff, Jeff, before you go forward, give me, give us an example. Uh, give you an example of this. Everything from um, uh, politics. Uh, Jesus wants us to be a Republican. Jesus wants us to be a Democrat. Uh, uh, sexual That's agendas. A uh, That's a uh, sexual agendas is a huge one. You know, God, God made me this way. God wants me to be this way. The whole idea of uh, happiness, what God wants most in my life is for me to be happy as mm. opposed to me being godly. See, mm. And we'll find a way to, um, we'll take secular ideas, we'll attach Christ to it, and then we'll even read that into the Bible, right? And a lot of that's because we don't um, read the Bible correctly. We don't have read it out of sound doctrine and good theology the, or cultural context. Um, and we'll do that. And, and by the way, this is, to me, this is nothing new. You know, uh, uh, an, an old example of this used to be that um, when Paul says in Ephesians that we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then he tells a wife to submit to his husband, the church and people in the church for years use that as an excuse to oppress women. Right, and we just spiritualized our sin and found a verse to back it up. Yep. And, and so instead of looking and saying, "Let the Word of God speak, let the Holy Spirit work, uh, let it convict me," if I if I read it right, if I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, the natural outcome of that transformation is that I will love my neighbor as myself. Mm. Right. I will. And and what is love? First Corinthians thirteen is patience, kindness, all those kind of things. Like that transforms me, which transforms us. And then as a transformed group of people, we live in the culture that we, that we live in. And, and Brother Jeff, let me get, let me get my pet peeve on that one. What we do. Yeah, I got, a lot, I got a lot of them. I got a lot of them. <laughs> this is what we do in the church. We, we go into and, and choose management strategies from the world, bring them over, baptize them in the Holy Ghost, and use them in the church. Jesus said, we do not lord it over one another as the world does. But we, I didn't come to be ministered to, but to minister and give my life a ransom for many. So power management has nothing to do with kingdom principles. But we'll take that and go back into it. I'll give you another pet peeve since I'm here. Leadership, <laughs> leadership. Go look in the Bible and see how many times you can find the word leadership. Mm. You're not going to find it. You'll find followership. You'll find discipleship. You're not going to find leadership. Modern leadership has little to do with kingdom principles. So that's what we're talking about, bringing the world into the church, baptizing it, anointing it, and then attempting to use it as if it came out of the Bible. That's right. There, there has never been a time in history 
where the the culture and the church have been able to agree on ideas of power, money, and morality, sex. Oh, now, you, you're, you're preaching now. I, I feel like shouting. The only time that the church and the culture have synced up on those things is when the church has compromised the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus teaches a counterculture about power, a counterculture about money, and a counterculture about sex or morality. So we're not supposed to fit in. And, and when all of that is, you said baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's a little far edgy for me. I'm going to say the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> what, 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 man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but hey, but, but, but there, hey, there's a great example of culture, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's the culture right, I come right. from. We say the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I if I say hey, Pastor, Holy Ghost, Pastor I'll, Jeff, I'll wind up all over the internet. Pastor Jeff, <laughs> when I want to mess with evangelicals, I say Holy Ghost. <laughs> they they start they start going uh oh uh oh what does he say? <laughs> you know I, I was I was talking to Kemp earlier today and talking about I wish I could make this statement I can't quite make it but I could make it like ivory soap. 99 and 44 100% of the time, kingdom culture is opposite or counter right. regular culture. So right. that leaves us in, we're in trouble when we start because it's going to be counter cultural. In the summer, I used to have something and I did it on um, Wednesday nights at six o'clock entitled Counter Culture Club. People went, what in the world is that? We're going to go and talk about something and how counter it is the culture that we are normally ingesting. Mm. Man. I think those, <clears throat> I think that the heart of this conversation is the heart of, um, or is the antidote to the culture affecting the church. And the, the church is to stand alone we can be different. We can be culturally relevant. Um, I think one of the things that breaks my heart is our lack of curiosity. It, it breaks my heart that um, we will be that way outside of our country. If we were on a missions trip, we would be curious, we'd be open, we'd be teachable. But we can't be that way with a, a church that's, I don't know, House of the Lord's maybe eight miles from me, <laughs> right? And and like we can't be that way back and forth because our secular culture has polarized us. The people of God cannot respond to that. We cannot be polarized because everybody else is polarized. We we have to keep functioning as brothers and sisters connecting with each other's hearts. And when there's a cultural difference, it's, it's fun. It's a curiosity. It's a, it's a learning opportunity, right? Brother Jeff, let's, let's, let's go back to the church, the, the, the polarization in the church. Yeah. Because yeah, we got, we got problems with the set with the secular culture, but we have problems with culture right within the church. So I'm going to say not much about this because I don't want anybody to have any idea what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about. But I had an experience this week, which was just so much fun. Uh, I was trying to work with a brother who said he wanted to talk about African-American things. And as we began to talk, we talked and we talked and we began to disagree. And when we got to a certain point, 
he said, I got a check in my spirit. I don't believe you're Christian. Okay, I said, okay, so you don't believe I'm Christian because I disagree with you? I said, okay, well, let's go back. Let me tell you what you want to hear. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I believe that the Bible is the word of God. So that's what you want to hear. Okay, when I get through with all of that, I still disagree with you about some things. But that doesn't mean I'm not Christian, but that's where the cultures begin to separate. And that's where, um, forgive me, but this is what came in. That's where white privilege begins to come into play. I can announce that you are not Christian. Now, who gave you that superiority? Who told you that you could do that? And so now we're talking about culture within the body of Christ and how it begins to rub in different ways. Do you think, Bishop, that's as much, and I, first, let me just preface this. I do believe that there's this white superiority concept. I do believe we manifest that on multiple scales. But do you think at that moment that was white superiority speaking? Or do you think that was just somebody off the rail thinking he has the right to say that, to judge you like that? in in you know in a context would it have mattered if he was asian or black i think or, that's or... i think that's a great question and and i would say that i think it's a little of both because it would not be unusual for any of us to be so polarized that we would think that another person might not be christian yeah i don't think that's unusual but to announce it to somebody right, and right. feel justified and feel, feel no problems, no, that's something else. That's the, 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 the reality of somebody who's been in charge or who feels comfortable. Who, and so I, here's what I said to this person. It, this will help. I said, white privilege has sometimes been defined as the privilege to not think about race. Right. So you don't have to think about it. I would certainly think about if I were going to say to, let's say to Jeff, my dear brother, Jeff, I don't think you're a Christian. I would certainly be thinking about a whole lot of things before I made that statement. But he felt that he could just make that statement without any impunity. And see, to, to me, the, the cultural piece there is that how, how our, our world is affected the church, the cultural piece there is, I, it's like the cancel culture. I can say, you're not a Christian, you're dead to me. The, the biblical thing would be, like Bishop, if you came to me, especially you, if you came to me and said, Jeff, I don't think you're a Christian. If I'm a Christian, I look at a brother that I love and trust and think, oh my, why talk to me walk me through this what did you see that the the christ the biblical idea if one brother's offended by another brother you go to that brother and you process through that offense you don't cancel them see right? that that's that's pastor tim's that's pastor yeah. Tim's statement you have yeah. to have yeah. enough relationship absolutely in order to have that conversation that's right absolutely that's right 
because that's essentially what you're saying, Pastor Henry, that's a commitment that we make to one another. But yeah, I can't make a commitment if I'm not in relationship with you. Right. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing is that divide within the body of when somebody, and again, to have the, the nerve, the audacity, word you want to put, this, to say to Bishop Johnson, he's not a Christian, like where, where does that come from? And is that me just backpedaling? Yep. You know, but, but, Jim, but let me go back because something happened. I think will really um, aid you in your understanding of that because your question is a great question. This is not something that took place that shocked me. Mm-hmm. This is something that I prophesied would happen the morning before it happened. I was talking to um, one of the members of my church. I said, today or in a couple of days, this gentleman is going to say, I'm not Christian. I'm just telling you, I see it coming because we disagree. And what we were disagreeing about, just so that to give a context, is Western Christianity versus African-American expression. Okay. So Western Christianity to him is this. And if you don't meet this, I don't care whatever else you're doing, then you're not Christian. And I was trying to help him understand that the gospel is some is one thing. Your expression of the gospel is something else. An African expression might be different than white Western expression and still be Christian. And we it, it did not go over well. <laughs> It would be very, it'd be very shocking to Jesus that Western expression of Christianity is the only right way to. <laughs> would it, would it, would it, would it be totally shocking, since <laughs> since the Western world wasn't even thought of when the Bible was written? That that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, like oh, that'd be a surprise. <laughs> I I think the. I think the um, the attack, the cancel, the arrogance, the there is only one way, there is no other way. I think that's the stuff that has seeped into the church and caused the division. Yeah. And, and Christ followers must push through that. And we see all through the scripture, just the Jewish and the Gentile division, right? And and even Paul and Peter arguing about circumcision and all those kind of things. Like we, we see that that's a natural part of the body of Christ. It's not that the lack of understanding is sinful. It's the way that you interact with it and the way that you pursue it. Um, and, and I think I think you're dead on about relationship. I think relationships take time. And understanding people takes time. And then there's a point, I, I'm not sure that you uh, ever fully understand another person's position. You, you have to trust their heart along the way, right? And, and be united along that. So we got to learn, essentially, what I'm hearing is we have to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable, right? That is possible, even within the body of Christ. Like we, It is possible. We, and my response was not, I didn't respond to demean, I didn't respond to put down, I didn't respond, so you're not a Christian either. Um, (laughs) My response is, since that's the way you feel, let's end our conversation and be brothers, Mm. because I'm not going to demean you. Mm. Yeah, and, and 
And Kim, if I could maybe, uh, I don't know if pushback's the right word, but say something, say it a little different way. I think what Bishop did, I, I, I think it's, we can disagree without being disagreeable. I actually think the solution is to agree more about Christ. Mm-hmm. And so instead of saying, well, we'll just live with our differences, if that conversation can turn, and if if Bishop and this other brother could have talked about Jesus for two hours, mm-hmm. that, then all of that clarity, because we all know, I don't question your Christianity, uh, Bishop. I question Thank your you. Thank you. A little bit, but not your Christianity. Thank you. <laughs> So, but, um, but if, if they could have been in a long-term uh, conversation about Jesus, it's amazing how much these other issues fade away yeah. with it. You, you know, so I, I think that's where it's tragic that the, the different cultures, we don't worship together, we don't pray together, we don't commune together. Um, and so we're, we're not going deeper into Christ with each other. So we get further away from each other in our differences. Let's, let's talk on one of these about how we can see Jesus more unify, in a more unified way. Because I, I agree with you. Jesus is probably the, the key, but we don't see him the same. Mm-hmm. And now we're in trouble <laughs> because the very center of our Christianity, we're viewing, this is why culture is so powerful. We're viewing through cultural lenses. How do we deal with that? What, what do we do about that? Yeah. And, and, I, and what I would say is what's, what's really tragic about what you just said, Bishop, is if you could understand more how I view Jesus as a, uh, a white man in America, and I could understand more how you view Jesus as a black man in America, the end result is we both have a clearer view of Jesus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, we, would, we would help each other Absolutely. understand the fullness of Christ more because of our different positions with him, you know? And so, so we rob each other of all that. And it, I think it's sad. I really do. Well, let me weird. say that, that I think we are never, we, we are probably never in good in a good place when we separate ourselves and don't include the community in our understanding yeah well i mean it it goes back to and i you know i appreciate you pushing back on that jeff you know i I do think it is you know we we are going to agree disagree but i just want to keep coming back to this word and tim said it before it's just relationship i mean We started doing this and you engaged us because of the relationships that that you had with Bishop, that you had with Tim and that we were developing a year ago. Right. And so our relationship keeps bringing us back to this point to where, you know, hey, I can acknowledge, man, I I was offended. Right. You, You told me you wanted to push back on something I said and what I said was right and good. I'm being facetious in that. But being able to talk through that, man, is, is about growth. It's about us being comfortable with the uncomfortable. But to your point, though, Jeff, we're not curious. We're not curious about our own uncomfortableness. Right. We're not curious enough to say, well, why does that make me uncomfortable? 
Does that mean I'm a racist? No, it don't make you a racist. It just means that, hey, man, you have a curiosity, but we have to be able to lean into that a little bit. So much so, that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus leaned, even though he knew about people, he leaned into the curiosity of them, the woman at the well. He leaned into that curiosity process with her, and, and he was asking her questions that he already knew about, hmm. right? Yeah. And I think, man, it's the same thing with us. And again, I just... And Tim, you said it, you, you started off with saying, hey, we have to lean into these conversations knowing that I'm probably going to offend you and I might be offended as well, but know that that's not my heart. But we don't know that if we're not in relationship. So the conversation that Bishop was having the other day, I don't know how much relationship was there or, or if it was just a fact finding mission, if you will, hmm. to say, hey, let, let, let me let me get and I don't know this, so I'm, but I, so I'm making this up myself. Let me get the big bad bishop, right? Who, who, who's an African-American. Let me really see where he's at on his theology. And let me poke and prod a little bit, but see if there's a relationship there. I think it goes back to what you said, Jeff. Now is the continuance of the curiosity. And now we can say, hey, this is where Jesus has brought us to. And I can be grateful in that. I can be excited about that. Why? Because Jesus is always looking to grow me, right? based on my own curiosity. That's, I think, you know, you've said that same word several times and I think you got it, Kim. I don't think most of our people are, have that innate curiosity about other people. They're so wrapped up in themselves and they're so wrapped up in their individual little group. Uh, they don't see the value of how Jesus can grow you when you are curious and you step into those kind of dangerous places of the unknown and try to find out something about someone who's not like you, knowing that it's, it's, it's just going to be difficult. But I think the thing, and I love the, I love the fact that we're doing this is because this is not, this very thing we're doing is not easy. Being pastors, different culturals, different, different values, sometimes even different theologies, but the boldness to say, okay, I'm going to step past all that because I truly am curious. And I think the more I get to know you, that's going to be a pathway that Jesus is going to use in our life. There's got to be an aspect where we have to instill that intentionality into the average person in our church. Because if we, if we don't, they're constantly going to be leaning away from it rather than leaning into it. That, I think that's going to be, the, I think, the, the, the bridge we have to cross at some point. Let me say a word about curiosity, since, since Kemp is making that the... <laughs> <laughs> it takes... Here we go, Kemp. You better, you better it, hold it, on. It takes man. a certain level of humility <clears throat> to be curious. That's right. That's right. Work. Because I think this particular gentleman was not curious at all. Mm. I think he thought he knew where I was. Mm. And when he found out I wasn't exactly where he thought I was, all his curiosity went away. Mm. So, I mean, how much, if, if, when you're talking about curiosity, you're, you, you have enough humility to be interested in another point. Um, let, me, let me extend a little further. I often interact with people who want to be scholars. You can't be a scholar reading one side of the argument. Mm. <laughs> you got to read the other side 
So you can't just have one position that won't allow you to be curious. And it takes a humility to be able to say, I want to learn from you what it is you're saying, where you are, what you're well, you doing. Just, you just said it, Bishop. You've got to learn from the other side. You can't just assume you know the other side. There's so many half-baked scholars. Oh, absolutely. Your example, where they 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 have their position, but then they study the other position from their position. Right. And it's, it's, absolutely. It's not until you get across that bridge and you go to that other person and you say, "Okay, why do you hold this position? Tell me what I don't know." And I think that's the relational piece we're talking about here. Is you know, if we're talking I, I, about our our culture I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that's where the culture again comes in. Is it a culture of certainty? Mm. Is it a culture of pride? Is it a culture of doctrinal purity? Is it a because much of America and in and, and evangelicalism, they're concerned about doctrinal purity. I think Jesus would be concerned about love. Mm. The question isn't, are you right? The question is, are you loving? Man, that's good. You know, when you when you were saying that, uh, Bishop, that the um, about humility, I think uh, I so agree with that, and I think that humility has next to it or paired with it, maybe it also it takes a vulnerability, huh? and. Um, my wife and I love to travel with her and we have some friends we travel with and, and uh, we'll go to maybe a different country and our, what we love to do is roam the back roads and the villages. We don't like the touristy stuff. Well, when I, when we're back in there, our, because we're curious and we want to learn and we enjoy it, it's fun, but I don't know where I'm at. I don't understand the language. I don't really understand how the people are reacting to me. I'm often the, the butt of the joke, but like in a fun way, you know, cause I'm trying to speak whatever language. If you're not willing to be vulnerable like that, then you miss all the joy that that exploration brings with it. And, and I think whether it's theology or race issues or uh, um, generational issues, if, if you can't be secure enough in Christ to look dumb once in a while and laugh at yourself, then yep. you miss all the wonder of what God is, is doing, you know? And, um, and for some reason that fear like overwhelms us or, or we don't want to be in that place. And it robs us because all, all of those things are expressions of God's heart. You know, he, he loves the world where all humanity is made in his image. And so I'm seeing different aspects of the image of God and all of that. But I have to like go there, <laughs> you know, and, and I have to be willing to be a part of it and, uh, and enjoy feeling uncomfortable kind of a thing. It's like trying a new food. Like you have to try it, you know. For the Kim, Tim and Jeff have summarized one of the major issues that we're facing in our time right now, I'm going to give another name to it. It's called trust. Mm -hmm. Trust mm -hmm. is the ability to make oneself vulnerable to another person about a particular issue, thing, idea. We don't trust one another. 
to trust somebody, I've got to be willing to be vulnerable. And, and, and to just be, I, I was with my uh, my colleague that we were playing church with and I joke with him because he's, he's 25 years younger than I am. And so he, he also gives me pop cultural lessons because <laughs> I don't know what things mean. Well, I'll just ask and he'll tease me about being old and this and that everything. But now I know, you know, and, and I trust that he doesn't actually resent me. He trusts that I'm not trying to be patronizing. Like, I just don't know what that means. And it, it creates relationship, but then it also creates this, this understanding of each other. And if the people of God could somehow divorce ourselves from those cultural pressures and function in that humble, vulnerable, loving, trusting relationship, that's us throwing off the things of the world. And, and allowing us to actually unite with, with that's good. each other. That's good. I think that's good. I think that's where we are. Let me, can I say this before you end? I think, please, we trust, <laughs> we trust one another. Yeah. To a certain extent. Now, I don't define trust like other people. People, we're, I'm doing some series and some teaching on trust. I don't define trust in general. People, you know, I trust you. I, trust is usually specific. I trust you. To love me i don't trust you to do heart surgery on me that, that's right yeah I trust you. okay so 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 trust is usually some kind of specific trust and we trust each other that means i trust that we can disagree whatever but i trust that nobody on here would ever do anything to me intentionally to hurt me that's right i trust that so one one theologian said you cannot do theology with enemies Right. You can only do it with friends. So I want to I want to put a bow on this and I want to land this plane. So in order to do that, I just I need each one of you just to give me just a word that sums up our time together. Uh, I think, Bishop, you just gave me yours. You said trust, um, which I think is a is a is a strong word. It's a word that we got to continue to chew on. Brother Tim, what, what's your word as we wrap up? Humility. Yeah. Brother Jeff. I would say relationship. Gotta love each other. And, and you already gave yours, brother. brother Kemp. What was yours? Oh, I, I love curiosity. curiosity. You said yeah. curiosity. Okay. Yeah, Those, I, are I love that. Think, Those are powerful words. Those are powerful words. I think we have to continue to do that. And you know, just just to be just to be hot with you guys one second, humble, open, and transparent. Um it was very intimidating, I think, when Jeff had said, hey, man, won't you come on and be on with this about a year ago, because I, I realized who you all are. And honestly, if it wasn't for Love Akron, I don't know if I would know you all the way I know you now. Maybe we would have met somewhere down the road this second and third, but I can remember coming on and feeling so intimidated to where it almost paralyzes you out of fear to even say anything. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like, oh, man, well, I don't want them to take this way or think that way. And so I, I can agree with that because that is a real thing. But I think, Jeff, you said it, right? You, you're going over to other countries. Sometimes you have no choice but to lean into that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, whether it's Bishop, whether it's Tim, 
or whether it's you, Jeff, I, if I get an email or a call or a text from one of y'all, I get a little nervous, like, oh, man. And what comes in my mind first, man, what did I say or do wrong? <laughs> like, did I say something wrong? Did I not do something right? Like, but at the same time, you guys are not coming from that place. You guys are coming from a place of love and of trust and wanting to build up another brother. That's right. That's right. But sometimes I think for the individual, and this is where I think that continual work, right, that has to go on based on relationship, you say, no, man, that brother's just simply trying to look out for me. And so I think this is the beauty that has been manifested in my life personally with doing these type of discussions, whether it's in this form or whether it's on the phone with each and every one of you guys. So I, I'm just, I'm really appreciative uh, for the relationship I have with every one of you. Thank you so much for allowing me in this space with you. Um, and just thank you, man. I call you brothers and friends. That, that means a lot to me. So I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. We love so, we love you, Kim. We're proud of you, man, and grateful. I think God's raised you up for such a time as this, brother. So we're we're uh, proud to follow your lead in a lot of things too. Well, Matt. that that means a lot. Uh oh, I thought Bishop was gonna say something. Good. Let's let's get up out of here. <laughs> I've been keeping. <laughs> hey, listen, I've been keeping score. So I'm keeping score on Bishop saying he's teaching a series on something, right? <laughs> he's teaching about something. Jeff is going to Jeff is playing churches all across America. He's planning churches around and I think one on Mars, wasn't it? <laughs> the moon, the moon. And, and me and my man Tim, we're just kind of sitting back and we're we're in this curiosity and relationship space. So <laughs> no, no. You guys are sitting back counting. <laughs> well, I want to thank our audience today for jumping on um, with us and, and continue to see God's voice navigating all through the intersections in each of our lives. You can subscribe or follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, all of the social media platforms and podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to submit any questions or feedback that you have at intersection pod um, Q&A, intersection pod Q&A. So we'd love to hear back from you. And just get your feedback on I mean, any questions you have, because we're going to continue to do this. And we're, we're having fun doing this because we believe that the intersection is where we lie. So just so everybody knows, man, we're looking to release this podcast on May the 16th. So be looking out for it. And so we're looking forward to hearing from you, too. Brothers, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all the intersecting that we were doing together with one another, but always bringing it back to the foundation of Jesus and the gospel. Thank you all. Have a great day and continue to look for us as we look for you on the intersection. Love you guys. It's always a joy. Yes. Thanks.